But our scripture this morning in 1 Timothy chapter 1, and let's skip down to verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am chief. This morning, I want you to think about this. This is the gospel in a nutshell. One verse, the gospel in a nutshell. Read the 15th verse again. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul gives a description among whom I am chief. Let's back up now and let's read beginning in the 13th verse, if you will. Paul said, And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who enabled me. In other words, God saw, God knew, but God still enabled me and strengthened me and counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I heard it said once that God took all of our, our, our mess-ups and God took all of our failures. God took all the things we did wrong. And yet he still said, I want you to preach the gospel. But let's keep reading. He said, not only the fact that God called me and that God sent me, he said, but look at who I was. Who was before a blasphemer? A persecutor. Now we're not talking about just a bad person we're talking about a pretty extreme person he said not only was I a blasphemer a persecutor he said but injurious he said but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief Paul said all the things that I had ever done along the way he said I I did it ignorantly, but God gave me mercy. Now I want you to notice one thing as we're going to keep reading these verses again. The word mercy means not only someone to get something that, that, that or escape something that they deserve, but it also means about somebody that is seeking help. Now I want you to, to really focus in on that this morning because Paul said there was a time in his life that he was not only in trouble, but he sought help. Help in his trouble. We could spend quite a bit of time this morning talking about those that need help versus those that, back up, need help but don't do anything, but need help but seek out help. So you got those that don't and you got those that do. Listen to the word mercy means those that are seeking after folks. If anybody is ever going to be saved, they must seek Christ. It's not something that just happens. It's not something that just overflows you where you are in your life. It is something that you must seek. Jesus himself teaches us. Seek and ye shall find. The Bible teaches us that if you are desiring something, what really troubles me about our, our time in which we live today is People are not seeking after Christ because they do not see a need for Christ. Folks, may God open our eyes and show us as a human race, we need Jesus. So many things we think we need, 
So many things that we think that we have to have in our life. But there's one thing that is essential to us. The gospel in a nutshell is we need Jesus. Listen to what we read here in the 14th verse. He says, through this mercy that God gave, God did not give Paul what he deserved. God said, I have something better to give him. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love. But where does this exist? He said, which is in Christ Jesus. 15th verse, I'm going to read it again. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Folks, I believe that God loves Human race. And what I mean by that is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but would have everlasting life. Folks, God loves us. The, uh, the, the nutshell of our gospel we read right here is that God loves us to such an extent that he gives us Jesus. If I can find it over in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, that, I, that we as human beings that that, that God loves us to such an extent that notice that the condition that we're in before he extends grace and mercy. You know, a lot of times we think we got to clean up before we can give to God. Folks, you give to God exactly the way it is. And by the way, let me just say it like this. For those that want to clean up their life before they surrender to Christ, know this. The Holy Spirit can clean you up better than you can clean yourself up. So if you think that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my life on the right path or I'm going to start doing better or I, I'm, I'm going to get to this point in my life, folks, you are trying to accomplish something. Surrender it to him now and know this, that God, through his word, can clean you up far better than anything you can do yourself. But again, remember the word mercy comes from the idea of are you actively or are you desiring to seek after help, aid, or assistance? I think we all know this. There's some things that our fellow man can help us with. Sometimes our fellow man can help us to get from a chair to a seat or to drive from point A to point B. But we also know that there's some things that man cannot help us with. And now specifically we're talking about the sinfulness of the soul of a man. Folks, God is the only person that can fix sinfulness in a human being. And God does that. God is, it's not like that God it desires to do that and God's too busy or, or he's limited. Folks, God is very capable of fixing everything that's wrong with the soul of a man. Ephesians chapter 2, and let me skip to the fourth verse. Notice again what God gives us. What do we give God? But God who is rich in mercy. But again, but God, he said, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. What kind of state were we as mankind in when God showed and demonstrated his love? Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together. He made us alive. But how did he make us alive? He said, we are made alive in Christ Jesus with Christ Jesus, because of Christ Jesus. We are alive today because of Jesus. Remember the gospel in the nutshell where, where Paul told Timothy, he said that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Folks, if you remove Jesus from all of these, these, 
scenarios that, that people might enter into heaven, folks. Without Jesus, you don't have a way to heaven. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There is no other alternate. There's no other method. There's no other way. It must be by Jesus. Keep reading. He said, but he hath raised us up together. He didn't just... I want you to imagine something for just a minute. I'm going to go back to my thought right there. If something is lying in a, in a state of deadness or non-moving, and it was to get life... That's one thing, but we're not talking about just life laying. He said, we're going to raise it up. He said, we're going to change the position it's in. Folks, when you get saved, things change in your life, don't they? He said, we go from a state of just laying there. It's one thing to be alive laying there, to be alive. And he said, not only was I alive, he said, and raised up together. Here we go. We rise up. We're moving. We're changing. We're, we're, we're shifting, he said. And made us sit together, uh, and sit together in heavenly places. Where are these heavenly places? In Christ Jesus. I've said before, and this is yet another way to say it again. I deeply believe that we can have heavenly experiences here on this earth. Third part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Folks, those work together in conjunction and, and in unity one with another. If we are and we have the Spirit of God, we are in Christ. And if we are in Christ, the, the, He... Christ himself says that I am in you and you are in me. If we have that relationship, then we are able to experience, as he said here, heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, that, we might, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. He wants to show us these things. Now, how does God show us his kindness, his mercy, in His grace. Does He tell us all about it? You know, there's something I believe in. I believe that you can learn something by watching what somebody else does. In other words, I can take a person up here and we can demonstrate two things and you can learn it by watching others, but I also believe that there's experimental knowledge. You know what the difference in that is? You're not watching somebody else. You're a part of it. Folks, Salvation is not something that you get to witness secondhand. Salvation is something you get to experience. Read this once again. That in the ages to come that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. He wants us to have that experience with him. But for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Paul tells tongue Timothy, he said, don't think that you're going to make it to heaven because of what you've done. And folks, the truth is, none of us are going to make it to heaven off what we've done. Every one of us are going to make it to heaven on what the Holy Spirit has done inside of us. So religion is not good enough. But the Holy Spirit is plenty. We talked about those riches. Listen to what Paul said. He said that God in His, His, His grace and His mercy, he said, that again, 1 Timothy 1, um, and in verse 15, this is a faithful saying. Paul is going to take this gospel and he's going to put it in a nutshell. And he said, this is a faithful saying. I want to warn you of something that if you do not know, I hope that you will adhere to this pretty quick. Do not believe everything that you see and hear in our world. So a lot of people say, well, I saw it here or I read it here. Folks, if you don't see it or read it here in the Word of God, don't buy into it. 
And what I mean by this is, well, I read here, or I saw this here, or somebody told me about this here. Folks, there's one thing that is the most important thing that we can put our trust and our confidence in. The Word of God. This is where we put our trust. And I'm going to agree with Paul 100% that in Christ Jesus, remember Christ said He is the Word, that in Christ Jesus we can trust Him. You're not supposed to trust every email you get because it could be spam. You can't trust every person that calls you saying, I'm here to, 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 to get money that we can donate to some good cause. Don't trust them because some of these things are scams. And, and, and the whole bottom line this morning is this. There's a lot of things in life that you cannot trust. But I pray today that you can understand you can trust Jesus. You can trust his word. You can trust a true church and the true people of God. Now, there's always this concern of false religion falling under the umbrella or the disguise of the truth. But, you know, the only way you can disguise or, excuse me, to distinguish the truth, you feel the Holy Spirit of God. Listen to what Paul is saying. He said that this is a faithful saying. Paul said you can believe the gospel. You can believe Christ Jesus. This morning, if we cannot believe and trust Jesus Christ, whom can we trust? You know, we, we hear so often and, and probably with understanding, well, I don't trust anybody. Well, I don't trust them. Or nobody can handle my monies. Or nobody can fix my car. I don't trust them. Or I don't trust this and I don't trust that. But here's the thing today. We have all these reasons that we do not trust. But is it possible to get to a place that we completely trust in Christ? Folks, it is. And I believe in that. I trust in Him. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this. I trust God more than I trust my own self. Is God a better caretaker of you than you are of yourself? <laughs> Absolutely do we believe in that. But yet many times we say, God, I've got this. God, I'm going to handle this. It's about living a life of surrender, which means lay yourself aside and surrender unto God. And what Paul is talking about here, he said, this is a faithful saying. What is faithful about God? And a matter of fact, we, we can read about the faithfulness of God. You can read about the lamentations about how God is faithful and that God always provides for us and God always takes care of us. But Paul is, is, is giving this, in a nutshell, what he's saying is, this is a faithful saying. Turn back in your Bibles just a little bit to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. <coughs> 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. What can we put our faith in? What can we put our trust in? What can we put our confidence in? What's reliable to you and to me? 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Skip down to the 13th verse. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Because when ye received the word of God. Listen to this. Ye received the word of God which ye heard of us. He says that a second time. Received not in the word of men. But as it is in truth. The word of God. In other words. There's a difference in people that hear it. Versus people that believe it. Let's keep reading. 
They had received the word of God and they believed these things. And you know what they did? They took the word of God and they embraced it. Today, folks, there's something I believe that the world needs to hear, starting in Genesis and going to the, all the way to the book of Revelation. Uh, maybe one time it even said from the, from the index all the way to the maps, everything in the Bible we need to embrace and we need to say, that applies to me. Sometimes we'll get up and we'll read the Bible and we'll say that's for them or that's for them, folks. The Word of God in its entirety is for us. We all need it. We have a need in our life. And, 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 and Paul writing here in the Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians, is that the people had heard the Word of God, and I think that was in about the 6th verse of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, yet in others, when we might have been burdensome as apostles of Christ. He said, we're not here to do the work of men, but to do the work of God. And he goes on to talk about how that, that there were people that were willing to share the gospel. And the strength that is in the gospel. But listen to what he's talking about in this 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received... The word received at the first part there, the word received in the second part. Remember, received of God is two different words. The first one just simply means we heard it. Do people get saved just because they hear the word of God? It's necessary to hear it. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But just hearing the word of God is not enough. Do we put legs on what we do? For the second one said that not only did they hear it, but the second word received means they put it inside of them in their heart. Word it like this. Let's read it again. Because when you receive the word of God, it comes in your ear. You know what happens when it goes inside your ear? If you're not careful and you don't receive it into your heart, it goes in. You know what the saying goes, don't you? It we're out in one ear and right out the other. Do you know why? That's actually a very biblical statement. Because it goes in one ear and right out the other. But who Paul's talking to is the people that had come into their ears and then it settled in their hearts. For he said, you received the word of God, which you heard of us. You received it not in the word of men, but as in the truth, the word of God. Listen to what he's talking about here that Paul is saying that we need to take the word of God. It needs to enter in, not in just through our ears, but it needs to find a place in our heart. And going back to what we read here in 1 Timothy, in that 15th verse, he said, it is worthy, he said, of all acceptation here. He said, of all, of, of all things, he said, it is worthy of. That means when he talks about this acceptation or uh, that we're talking about here. He said, it's something that, that we admit to be true. It's something that we understand to be true. Do you know what it means to admit something? The word admit just simply means to that something is true. You've denied. You had to acknowledge it. Folks, if you're ever going to get saved, we must acknowledge the severity of sin and that we are sinners. Remember how I said that there were people that were hurting or people that had needs but they sought help versus those that had needs but they would not seek after help? There was no admission that they needed help. Folks, if you're ever going to get saved, we must admit or understand we need Jesus. The gospel in a nutshell is we need Jesus. And that's what Paul's talking about here. He said, uh, and this is a worthy saying, he said. 
Listen to what he's talking about. He said in this, <coughs> excuse me, this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that, Jesus, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Why did Jesus come? Could God not have just orchestrated a plan of salvation from heaven? By the way, he's God. God can do whatever he wants. But the whole bottom line, I don't say the whole bottom line, but a great deal of what happens is God had to address sin. So in order to do that, God said, the gospel in a nutshell is, he said, the only way that we can overcome sin and defeat sin is to go right in amongst it. So we believe, here we are in the time of the year, Jesus left heaven, he came down to this earth. Why did he come here? To seek and to save that which was lost, to die for sinners. That's the reason he came, for Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Folks, aren't you glad this morning to know this? That Jesus is an advocate for you and for me. In the book of 1 John chapter 2. In verse 1 says this. My little children these things write I unto you. That ye sin not. So in other words if we sin though. And if any man sin we have an Advocate. The word advocate means we have an intercessor. You know what intercessor? Intercessor is pretty close to the word interpreter, which means somebody that speaks on our behalf. But we speak to them, but they speak on our behalf. For he says, For if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Even though the sinners that we are, we see that we have someone that speaks for us, folks, we talk to Christ. We, we reach out to him and we seek after him. And when we seek after Christ, we have an advocate. The word advocate is the same word that Jesus used. I, I think it's about twice there. And John talks about the 15th chapter that he said, I'll send another comforter. The word paraclete means I'm called alongside to help you. I'm, you're not doing it on your own. You've got someone to help you. For he said that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. If you'll notice what Paul is telling young Timothy here, he said, this is a faithful saying. He said that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I want to do a poll question this morning. I want to ask you something. What is man's greatest need? Feed the hungry? It's a pretty big challenge. What's the greatest need that we have to educate our children? It's a pretty big challenge. Folks, the greatest need that man has is to be saved. Now, there's a lot of things that we can do. We can take care. And I'm not saying we can feed every person that's hungry. We can take care of things that we feed the hungry. We, we, we can do things for the, the, the orphans. We can do lots of things. But there's some things that we cannot do in life. And we cannot save the soul of a man. But we sure can proclaim the gospel to them. The gospel in a nutshell is, it's something that people need to hear. Well, I've heard about the gospel. I don't want people to hear about the gospel. I want people to hear the gospel. The gospel is what changes. For he said that, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. The whole purpose, the whole reason that Jesus left heaven and came down to this earth, the whole reason that Jesus went to Calvary 
was to die for the sin of, uh, of mankind. You remember when, when the angel appeared before Mary become to expect him with a child of the Virgin Mary began to expect the child named Jesus? Do you remember what the angel told him? He said, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. The angel told Joseph, said, she's going to be with child. But the whole reason is he's coming to save people from their sin. There's lots of things we can do for each other. But the gospel in the nutshell is, folks, Jesus came. As we read there in Matthew 1 and 21, it says, that saved the people from their sins. Well, we'll get ready to close maybe just a little bit. But listen to what Paul said at the very end of 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. <clears throat> of whom I am chief. You know what he said in the 13th verse? He said, I used to be a blasphemer. He said, I used to be a persecutor, injurious. He said, but in all of that, he said, I was ignorant. Not in the fact he knew what he was doing. But he didn't realize is that that was not his ticket to heaven. His ticket to heaven or his way to heaven was going to be through Christ Jesus, the one that spoke to him on the road to Damascus. Through all of these things, he said, of whom I am chief. One of my concerns or one of my burdens that I have is for people to understand the severity of sin. There's a feel-good gospel that goes around. God loves you. I'm not going to deny that. But that's not the whole gospel. God wants you to go to heaven. That's true. But uh, do not forget the fact that there is a hell too. Do not forget today, folks, that sin is not something that we just kind of say, well, we just need to try to, to do better, folks. We need Jesus in our sinfulness. We need him to bring us out of what we're in. So today, the gospel in a nutshell is, is that, that, that Paul understood the seriousness of sin. He understood the brokenness that goes along with sin. Paul understood the misery, the hurt, the agony, all the things that are attached to and come along with sin. Question came up one time, well, well, preacher, what sin did I do to cause these things to happen? For the wages of sin is death. The bottom line is, folks, is that we were all conceived in sin and the ultimate punishment that we have to pay for sin is death. But thanks be unto God that Jesus gave us victory over death. Thanks be unto God that because of Christ Jesus, the gospel in a nutshell is he came down to this earth. He died for sin. He rose again. And after his, his time up on this earth, he ascended back into heaven. But you know what? He's still coming down here today. You know how I said I believe in heavenly experiences on this earth? What's connected heaven and earth today? The Holy Spirit of God is. You know what the church has? The church has the Holy Spirit of God, which is a representative of Christ Jesus. You and I today, we get to experience heavenly things, and may we not take for granted the frequency by which we get to enjoy the, the presence of God in our life. For if you are saved, folks, we always have His presence. May we always enjoy what God has given us. And Paul said, he says, of whom I am chief. I think one of the, we hear these discussions, well, when I get to heaven, 
I don't know where on the list it's going to be, but I want to pull Paul and say, why did you say you were the chief? Because that's a title that I want to give to myself. The lowest of the low, the weakest of the weak, the dirtiest of the dirty. But you know what? I'm glad today that I didn't have to fix myself up a little bit. I'm glad I didn't have to get myself presentable to God that these things happened not because of what I've done. It happened because of what the Holy Spirit has done inside of me. So this morning, has the Holy Spirit of God done a work inside of you? When people talk about a feel or an experience or something that they're able to know that it was God. And the reason is that heaven comes down and it's not just in one ear and out the other. It gets down inside of you. And then all of a sudden it's something that, that sits and it meditates and it stirs in your heart. And then God begins to move in your life. And then all of a sudden when you step away you've got a voice that speaks. You know what that will do? The voice of God will either confirm or it will condemn. The Word of God will help you. It will guide you. It's a compass in our life. We spend a lot of time talking about that. We need guidance. We need direction in our life. We have that. The Holy Spirit of God will never lead us astray. The Holy Spirit of God will always lead us to the feet of Jesus. One of these days, not because of my works, let me clear that, but one of these days, we're going to fall at the very feet of Jesus. And when we do, we're going to say thank you for leading us to a place and make it possible because of your son, Jesus. This morning, I can say much like Paul did to young Timothy, and this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I'm going to be like Paul, of whom I am the chief. If you'll notice throughout Paul's letters, he progressively realized how bad he was. And the reason is, folks, when we're weak, that's when we become strong. When we sink to our lowest, God will pick us up to our highest, which is a spiritual life. God bless you this morning. I want us to get a song.